you going to do, basically? What are you going to accomplish by, by worrying? And I just want you to think about it. What, no matter what the situation is, what is the act of worrying going to do about your situation? The only thing worry is going to do for you is to ruin your present. That's, that's the only thing worry is going to do for you, to help. And, and that's not a helpful, okay? The only thing worry is going to do is going to be to ruin your present. And it could be something about it's not even happening right now. Okay? You're ruining your right now over thoughts of what may happen in the future. I'm helping you today. I'm, I'm helping myself today. Okay, so worry is not productive. It, and this should be freeing for you. This, you are not obligated to worry. Okay. When you get a bad report, you are, you are not obligated to worry about that. And also, it, you're not obligated to worry for somebody else. <laughs> okay, because we get drawn into situations other people are going through. And we want, to, we want to empathize. We want to help people. But your worry is not helping them. Okay, so you are, you're never obligated to worry about anything from this point forward. Yeah, it's not helping you. Okay, it's not helpful. I'm going to, uh, you do not have to turn here if you don't want to. I like to turn to a bunch of scriptures because the word can say it better than I can. I'm going to turn to Philippians 4. So if I'm not supposed to worry about it, what am I supposed to do? Because we, you know, we're trained to worry. I mean, I, I wasn't trained. I'm not, Mom, if you're watching, I'm not saying that you train me to worry, okay? <laughs> but it's just, we think it's normal. Right. We think it's just natural. People do that. I mean, that's what we do. We worry about it, okay? Um, and we don't care if we don't worry about it, right? It's like, if you're not concerned about it, you're not, you know, what, you're not caring about it. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. Because we can't, we can't do anything about it by worrying. So, instead, what do we do? Philippians 4. And this is good, because when I, when I was preparing this, you know, I would do one thing and then immediately... I thought, okay, but now the question is going to be this. And so this is the answer. And then, but now they're going to ask me this. And so this is the, so you should write these scriptures down. And so when your brain starts going through the questions that I'm presenting, well, you've got to, you already know what to do. All right. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, be anxious, be worried for nothing. Okay, but this is what you're going to do in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, this is the good news here, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That, that means you're not going to understand how you have peace in this situation, okay? But he already told us, we're not going to understand how. But we just, we, that's what we're expecting. Amen. As we turn it over to him. So, you know, we're trading our peace. I'm going to trade my worry for the peace of God. Amen. 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 
And the great thing about it is that your worry can't change it, but God can change it. God can move in the situation when we put it in his hands. Amen. But once you, once you put it in his hands, don't be asking for it back. You know, if, in, here's, a, here's a real tell. If you are worried about it, you have not put it in his hands. Because we know he can handle things. We know he can answer our prayers. We know he can accomplish things. But if we're worried about it, that's, that's still saying we're not quite sure that he's going to come through. Amen. So if we are worried, it's not in his hands. Amen. All right, I'm turning back. Matthew is my text here. I'm going to come back to. In verse 33, it says this. It says, uh, because remember, it said God knows you need these things. God knows we have needs. He knows our basic needs. He knows our greatest needs. He knows everything that we're going to face before we even get there. So, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his ways of doing things. And all these things that you have need of, they will be added to you. That means we're not going to have to just scratch and strive and claw our way for all the things that we need if, if we seek him first. Amen. So when we put God first in our life, he's going to add to our life everything that we have need of. Amen. So how do we know if we're putting him first? A a little clue to that is what is getting our focus? What is getting our attention? So say I'm in a situation, say I've got problems at home. Okay. If all I'm thinking about is my problems at home, He's not first. Okay? I need to be putting my focus on what he can do about it. Amen? Praise God. So what that will help you rank where your priorities are. What's getting all of your focus and attention? Amen? Okay. And in 34, it says, again, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I mean, that's good news again. I'm thinking, because... Tomorrow is tomorrow, right? We're supposed to live in today. Well, I, I've, I have a tendency, some of you probably do too, to like be th- always thinking about other st- stuff that's out here, right? And we're so consumed with tomorrow and next year and five years from now and 20 years from now. I mean, I really, this is so stupid. If you're in your 20s and 30s, okay, I just want to help you out right now. Don't be thinking about getting older. Don't even let that thought sit in your head one minute, okay? Because I am convinced I totally wasted, like, the second half of my 30s thinking about what it was, you know, being 40. Okay? Who can relate to this? Anybody? Anybody do that? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just helping you right now. It didn't help me. In fact, it just wasted that time. I could have been just, hey, yeah, I'm 30. Okay, so I don't have to think about what's going to come tomorrow. What may or may not come down the road, and it's going to tempt me to worry about something, about a lot like getting older. What are you going to do about it? 
<laughs> Has anybody come up with a solution to that? <laughs> Other than dying, okay? But, you know, no, in that situation, what I can do is change my perspective about it. Okay, instead of thinking that getting older is a bad thing, we can think about, oh, hey, man, I'm going to be enjoying my grandkids. I'm going to be more fruitful, have more freedom, okay? Getting older doesn't mean, you know, you start getting sick and worn down or, like, less enjoyable life. That is not what it has to mean. And, you know, as far as looks and everything, they got things for that now. <laughs> okay? They got stuff for that. Now, y'all be praying I don't come up walking in here like Joan Rivers one day, but... <laughs> and everybody under, like, 30 doesn't know who I'm talking about, but everybody else knows, okay? When I come in here looking like you don't recognize me, well, but I'm not, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, I'm not opposed to stuff, you know. <laughs> okay. Well. But listen, if something's troubling you, just don't think about it. Uh, just don't think about it. That doesn't mean we should ignore something, okay? But we have our assignment. Our assignment is to put it in his hands and to continue in thanksgiving. We don't just, like, put it in his hands and then just totally forget about it. But when it comes back to our mind, we're going to thank him for what he's doing about it. Amen? Amen. So now, why is worry, why is it so devastating? Okay? Um, well, it doesn't help your situation. Um, but it is working against you. And you might think, well, how is it working against me when I'm worried? I'm just sitting here thinking about it to myself. And nobody knows, you know, I can put on a good face. Nobody knows I'm worried about anything. Okay. I'm going to show you how it's still working against you. Okay. And because we're going we're gonna to look for a minute about how faith works. And I'm going to turn to Hebrews. And you can turn there. Now, y'all are going to be thinking, when y'all see me, does she look like she's had anything done? And I just want to say right now, no, I have not. But I'm not, I'm not discounting it in the future, okay? All right? Okay. But no, you don't have to look at me and try to examine me today, okay? All right. Hebrews 11. Verse 1, it says, Now... So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All right, let's look ahead at verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he, was, he moved with godly fear, and he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Notice he did not see it yet. He did not see it, but he still acted as if he believed that's what was happening. There was a flood coming. There had never been a flood. There had never been rain like we see it today. But he believed God's word, right? He believed something and he acted on it, even though he did not see it yet. Okay? 
in verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So the same way, he acted on something he believed, even though he had not yet seen it. Okay, so this is how faith's working, okay? Um, they were acting, they believed something, and they acted on it. Okay? Now, back to verse 1, we're just talking about faith as a substance of things hoped for. True Bible hope is an expectation, is it? Okay? And it produces an assurance of something. Even if we have not seen it yet. Y'all can see where I'm going with this, right? Okay? Well, worry is to fear like hope is to faith. Y'all remember those little things, you know, on the ACT or whatever? I'm supposed to find some kind of correlation here. Well, the same correlation that has hope produces faith. Worries doing the same thing with fear. Now the problem is we know fear does something. Fear has some power. Okay, fear does produce something. Okay, it is a force just like faith is. Fear has a call. Fear, fear is listening. And it's waiting for somebody to call something. Okay, and it's going to accommodate. It will bring things into your life. Remember in Job, he said, after he's lost all these things, he's lost everything. And he said, the thing that I feared has come upon me. All right, so we know fear is not going to help anything. All right, and so with that in mind, I'm going to reread Hebrews 11, verse 1. Okay, and imagine it says something like this. Now fear is the substance of things worried about, the evidence of, of things not yet seen. Okay, so do you see how your worry is going to put fear in motion? Okay, because you can't worry about something too much long. I mean, you're worried because you're afraid something's going to happen that you don't want. So, uh, you know, worry is internal, but it's going to eventually show up. If you let it sit there, if you let it stay where it should not belong, um, it's going to start showing up. And how's it, it's going to show up in our words. It's going to show up in our actions. Because, you know, you, don't, you act when you believe something. If you didn't think that the, the Metropolis Bridge would hold up your car when you, you went over it, you wouldn't be going over it, would you? Okay, you believe it's going to hold you up when you go over it, okay? You don't do things you don't believe or have confidence in. So we can act in a negative way, just the same way. We act or we don't do things because we're in fear about them. Okay, we, we act in line with what we believe. Okay, so when that happens, um, we're, our words, they're going to authorize something. They, have you heard, you know, that you are the prophet of your own life? No amount of... Now, no amount of word, God's word. You know God's word is powerful, right? <laughs> it's powerful. Uh, but his words are not going to override your words. 
that you authorize, you're authorizing something, amen, with your words. And so we have to stop this process. Amen. Okay, I'm flipping back to Matthew now. Matthew 6. So what, what are you saying? What are you saying? Uh, what you're saying is important. Now, for instance, we could be saying, we're, we usually speak out what we're thinking. We maybe shouldn't do that all the time. <laughs> but have y'all ever, I mean, been, I mean, I can speak to the ladies, okay? I can't speak to the men because I'm not one. But, I mean, you stand there looking in the mirror and go, oh, when are you ever going to, you know, stop eating the chips? <laughs> when are you ever going to lose those 10 pounds? Look at you. You will never overcome that habit, whatever your habit is. You have thought that before. When you've, you know, missed it again on whatever it is, you've had that thought come up, right? You, when, you will never conquer this. Okay. Number one, we need to recognize, wait a minute here. That's not a right thought. And that's not even true. That's not even true. Okay. Uh, what you say when that comes to you is important. What you shouldn't do is look in the mirror and then repeat that. Yeah, look at you, Amber. When are you going to lose those 10 pounds? Okay, because you're, you're never going to do it. When are you ever going to get it right, Amber? Or whatever your name is. <laughs> Nobody else is hearing this, but you, you think... Okay, but you are authorizing some things. Okay, let's look at James. We're going to see how important it is. All of, the, all of these things are linked together. That worry that you keep festering is going to start influencing your words and your actions, and it's going to start putting some things in motion. James 3 says in verse 2 starting verse 2 it says for we all stumble in many things if anyone does not stumble in word he is a perfect man wow oh that's saying something imperfect means that means mature doesn't mean we're free from all flaw it just means we're mature if you can control this right here um, he is a perfect man, or he's a mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Okay, verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a little fire kindles. Those who have experience with horses, you know, this, those are big creatures. And they are powerful. And if you've got an untrained one, uh, it could hurt you. It could kill you if it, if it, you know, did the wrong thing in your presence. Okay? But we put that little bitty thing in comparison to their whole body. But it, that has, man, we can totally control where that thing goes by that. 
it's just a little pressure one way and it they will turn that way that is the power of our mouth amen uh, verse 10 it says out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren these things ought not to be so so uh, we we are made in his likeness and image Bible says we are made in God's likeness and image. And I want you to think about how, how does God operate? We operate the same way. He's given us that same mode of operation, right? And how did he create the world? He said, let there be. He said, he didn't think, let there be light. <laughs> he did. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that. He may have thought it first, but then he said it. Okay. But he, he didn't just think, okay, let there be light and people and animals. Not. No, he said, let there be. And so that's how, we're, that's how we operate also. We need to be saying things like, let there be healing in this body. Let there be restoration of this marriage. Let there be peace in my home. Instead of speaking the problem. Amen? We need to replace our... Uh, uh, worry with other things replace it with the word in that situation okay so we are going to we're going to keep worry out that's our goal that's what we're talking about today that's what you're going to be thinking about when you leave here because you're going to have an opportunity you're going to be presented with some opportunity probably before the day's out maybe before you even leave this building to worry but the bible says don't do it it's not going to help. Do something else instead, okay? We are not going to uh, worry. We're going to keep it out. We're going we're gonna to speak blessing. Amen? We're going to speak the right thing. We're not going to speak a worry that tries to come in our head. We're going to speak the word of God. Amen? And we're going to think the right things. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're tempted to say the wrong thing, you just need to start putting something else in your heart. Amen. Put the word of God in your heart. Amen. Okay, I'm going to look over at Philippians again. Remember, worry bad. Worry is bad. Okay, Philippians 4, 8. And just right above, it says don't be anxious, right? But to pray about it, put it in his hands, and we're going to be filled with peace. And in verse 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. Amen. If it's not one of those things, we need to just kick it out. We just need to, uh, that cannot, I don't have room for that thought in my head. Okay, because I'm going to think about these praiseworthy things. I'm going to think about all the good that's in my life. When, when you start, uh, try, you know, start thinking about all the negative things about yourself or about what's going on in your life, you need to say, well, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to start thinking about there's going to be, there's some good that's happened in my life. Start rehearsing those things in your head. 
Start rehearsing all the times that God came through for you. Amen. Worry is meditating in the negative, but we want to meditate on the word of God. That's what's going to change things. Okay, so how, what do I do if a wrong thought comes to me? Okay, we're going to answer it. We're going to answer it with our mouth. We're not going to answer that thought with our thoughts. Because then there's just going to be a battle of thoughts going on in your head. Okay, your words will, will put an end to that. Okay? Your words are going to put an end to that battle that's going on. All right. I'm going to, you do not have to turn you. Write down, though, Second Corinthians 10. Verse 5, it says that we are to cast down arguments. You know, an argument is when somebody says something and another person says something back. And then that person feels the need to say something back. And then it's the never-ending, like, who's going to get the last word here? I'm going to get the last word. No, but that, I'm going to get the last word. Okay, that's an argument. Okay. The Bible says to cast down arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If it's in the word, that's the knowledge of God. If so, if you're getting that, that thought that says, you will never overcome this. That's not the right thought. Because, why is that not? Because Philippians 4.13 it says, I can do all things through Christ. I can get to the other side of this. It doesn't matter what it seems like right now. It doesn't matter how devastating it is right now. But the Bible says, I, I can. You know, it doesn't matter. You know that every thought is not your own. Every thought you have did not originate with you. Um, because the devil likes to insert some thoughts in there too. But it really doesn't even matter if it's you generating that thought or the devil that's generating that thought or somebody else saying that thought to you. Uh, it doesn't matter. If it's, if it's not the word, we should reject it. And so don't let the enemy tell you you cannot do something the Bible says you can do. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. It didn't, it didn't stipulate, but only in certain situations are you more than a conqueror. It didn't put any limits on that. Amen. Amen. So that's why it's important for you to have knowledge of the word. Because when a thought hits your brain, this is what you should do. When a troubling thought hits your brain, you should automatically go, wait a minute. Does that line up? Does that line, uh, it may sound like what's, you know, yeah, the doctor said this, and so maybe I should start making plans, you know, to alter, I'm going to alter my plans, because the doctor says now, uh, within five years, I'm not going to be able to do this, and in five years, I'm not going to be able to do this, and so I need to start being real about it, and making adjustments. Okay, that's totally not in line with the word. Okay? There's no situation too hopeless for God. Amen. We need to stir ourselves up on that instead of the doctor's report. Amen. So the word is our defense. So we have to have knowledge of the word for it to be a defense for us. The word that we don't know is not helping us. Amen. So you have to arm yourself with the word of God. And then you will have 
something to answer those thoughts with that you know are wrong. Amen. So you've got to know the word. And once you kind of got that worry for that situation out, just know it's going to try to creep back in. It is not a once and done kind of a deal. And so we should not be alarmed by that. We should just know, hey, you know, that's how the devil works. He's going to wait for a better opportunity. He's going to wait till when your guard's kind of gotten down a little bit. Have you ever noticed this? It, it works like, a, for instance, healing. Okay? Say something's come up in your body and in a season, and you took the word and you meditated on that word, you stood in that word, you got really strong in that word, and you drove that out, right? And, but over t- and so you felt really great. And then, but over time, you're not still putting that word in. Maybe you kind of got focused on something else, which is, I mean, well, that's what we do. We focus on the things that we need at that moment. But over time, that bank of word is not in us as strong as it once was, and Satan waits till that moment. He waits till we've kind of loosened our grip on a, on a promise, on a revelation to try to come back in. So worry worries the same way. It's going to try to come back. It's going to try to come back. And y'all know, some of y'all heard this, but it's a good illustration of my dog Moses. Okay? He's the cutest little 100-pound lab you've ever seen. <laughs> Sweetest little thing, too. But, see, he's not supposed to be on the couch. He is not supposed to be on that couch. And he knows it. He's allowed on the one upstairs. And he knows that, too. But he knows he's not supposed to be on that one downstairs. So, but occasionally, when we're not paying attention, or maybe we're paying attention, what he'll do is he'll come over to it. And, you know, if you're watching, I can just go... Mm. You know, you go, ah, ah. and that'll he'll be like, okay, whatever. But the problem is, he's cute, and he will. And if Dad's out, you know, we can get him off before Chris comes home. I know he's watching. <laughs> Listen, if you just let them, okay, I'm gonna just put one up here, but you don't stop them there, and then they're putting their other feet up, and then he's putting his back leg up, and pretty soon he's on the couch. This is like worry creeping in. You know, it's going to start with a little, and it's going to see how far it can get. If you're not paying attention, it's going to put another leg up there. What can happen is we can get tired of saying, get off the couch. Just get off. Get off the couch, Moses. Uh, we can get tired of that sometimes. And so what we'll do is we'll just put a blanket on the couch. And we'll say, come on up. Just, we'll get you off before he gets home. So what can happen is we can get tired of dealing with that thought. We can get tired of answering that thought with a, no, you don't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can get tired of that uh, answering. Uh, And so sometimes we'll just lay out a blanket for that thought. 
and give up ground. You know, the devil will always try to take new territory. He's not going to stop there. He's Once he gets comfortable on that spot of the couch, he's going to start moving in another realm, another area of your thoughts, okay? And he's going to take as much as you can give him. Amen. And, you know, it's, it's easier for me to keep Moses off the couch if I get him when he's trying to put that first leg up. My just, you know, that is easier than once he's already on the couch. I mean, I've got to yell at him multiple times to get, get down. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It takes a lot more effort to get them off once they've already been sitting there for 30 minutes. Okay. So, and it's a lot messier. We got cleanup to do after that, that we wouldn't have had to do had we just kept them off the couch. So, this is our thoughts. You may have more cleanup to do with, with your brain if you just don't start answering that thing right away. Okay. All right. So, worry is bad. Okay. <laughs> we know this, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's worse than you thought it was. Worry is worse than you thought it was. Okay. We're gonna, we need to trade our worry for the peace of God. When we're tempted to worry and dwell on stuff, number one, we need to know, I am not obligated to worry about this anymore. And I can, I can have peace that is beyond any understanding of mine when I relinquish this into the hands of God. Amen, where he can do something about it. My worry is not going to do anything about anything productive in my life. Amen, so I'm telling you right now, you are not obligated to worry about anything else ever again. Amen, and we have to answer those things. We have to answer those things with the word of God. Hallelujah. Hope I've helped you this morning and the words helped you anyway. Hallelujah. He wants, to, he wants to free us from that. He wants to free us from that. Uh, you know, free up our brain for other things. Free up our brain to plan for the bright future that he has for us. Amen. He's got a bright future for everyone in here. I don't care what you're facing right now. God has better things ahead for you. Amen. But worry will clutter that out. Worry will take up space for that thought. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we just love.